I think I think we just might be. I think we just might be live. What you say? I gotta be right. Feel like it, don't it? It definitely is the day for it. I know that much. It's uh, the right time for it. We here on I'm, time. You here? <laughs> Woo, Miles Xavier. This is entirely too much fun for us. I think. It is. It is. But matter of fact, hold on. Let me impede on this fun, man. I need to air some personal drama real quick, man. No, and also, people. Not, not nah, the but also I got some advice for the ladies out here, man. It's going to be real quick. I ain't going to take up too much time. Check this out, man. Listen. Now, the other day, I received a meme from one of my homegirls. And it was like this dude who had done this raw stuff where he like put like uh, flowers in his beard right and like in his hair right and it was dope like the way he had like woven the flowers into his hair and his beard right and she sent me the picture and he's wearing a shirt and the caption is big beautiful beard big beautiful man and i was like hold on (laughs) did you just find the most delicate beautiful way to call me a fluffy person out here i wasn't hurt i wasn't hurt but part of me was like hmm that's cool that's a dope picture man like i love what he did with his beard but there was there was a surrounding message to it i was like huh i mean i do have a beard. i mean my, my beard is recent it's beautiful you know what i'm saying and I, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hopefully a big it aspires to be a big beautiful beard mm-hmm. and like sure like i'm a big beautiful man sure of course like cool a couple days later she sends me a post. This is for all the boys that don't take their shirt off at the pool. That <laughs> try that exercise. And I'm looking at this like, okay, hold on now. <laughs> I'm like, hold on now. I didn't even respond no heart message to that. I said, stop sending me fat person memes. <laughs> well, Boss Xavier, listen, this this show, if anything, is about a appreciating and accepting yourself the way you are you know what i mean so you know maybe they were just preparing you to have some content for the show that's perfect that's perfect that's beautiful and that's fine but what i would like to say to the ladies is let somebody else acknowledge that they're fluffy a few times first before you go out on a limb and be like look at your look at your little your chubby self like you'd be like hold on on, man get different when you started Listen. Man, I ain't, I ain't took an elevator since. I've been running up and down stairs, volunteering to take groceries in for old ladies. I've been all up and down the block, man. Every, everyone has their own, everyone has their own thing, and that's the beauty of of this world, my dude. It's just that everyone has their own taste. We can't all be into the same thing. It makes no sense otherwise. So you know, maybe you're just exactly what they're looking for. Maybe, maybe, but also words hurt <laughs> and memes hurt. <laughs> Nah, I'm words in picture format with with hilarious innuendos. Nah, man, I just it, it was just something funny, man. And like you said, it was something that I wanted to bring to the people, let y'all know, give y'all some advice. Be careful with what y'all doing with them little memes out there. You might hurt somebody's feelings. But continue to spread love and continue to feel welcome at the All the Way Live podcast. Take it away. Welcome, welcome everybody to the All the Way Live podcast. Can we please start off with potentially a gunshot? Of sorts in order to uh, acknowledge the people. They I didn't even well. let him finish. I didn't even let him finish. You saw that? We ready with him today. I'm gonna share a sound. We had it hooked up. If you've been with us through the saga of these sounds, you already know what's going on. One time for us. Yeah. Thank you. 
thank you, thank you. And just like that, you know, we got we're we're off running with it. And this show over here in particular is nothing, if nothing, than a space for you to feel at home where we come through with the carefully curated content for your cranium. This is a show of just two brothers, two black men discussing the world essentially at the lens in which we view it, I would say. Exactly. Exactly. And it's a pleasure to do this thing with you. It's a pleasure to do this thing with the people. And even if y'all don't want to be called the people, shout out to Live Nation. Shout out to the ladies. Shout out to the homies. We love y'all. Indeed. Indeed. And how we show that love is by breaking up this show into three different parts. And those parts are Stumble Upon. Now, in Stumble Upon, this is where me and Miles take forth thoughts, things, and interesting ideas that we have gone through throughout the week. And we come and we break it down. And today in particular, we have a, a, a conversation that is dear to both of us. And you know what that conversation is, Mr. Miles Xavier? That's friendship and business. Exactly. Friendship and growth, friendship and life, decisions. Oh, I got chills just thinking about it. I what know. else they gonna get? And this, and this conversation is particularly interesting because you and I, sir, have business together. Big facts, big facts, lots of business. This is business in a way. Definitely, because this is not, it's no longer a hobby. This is too much work for it to be a hobby. I'm on, if I've got coffee in front of me, then you know it's business. There you go. That's, that's all I need to know it. <laughs> and just like that, we move on to current news. Now, current news, this is where me and Miles take the very top of what is hot in news topics. And we apply ourselves, we apply our brain, we apply our time into understanding it and breaking it down for the people. And today, Mr. Miles Xavier can tell the people what exactly we'll be breaking down for them on current news. Man, listen, y'all know Stacey Abrams. Wait, hold up one time. Stacey Abrams, aspirational friend of the show, uh, made a huge difference in terms of voting in our last election just by getting people out to vote. Now, the team that lost Republicans wasn't too happy about the way them votes went. Now they're trying to put stipulations in place to stop anything like that, which is people voting, happening again. We're going to get into it. Mm, controversial, controversial. And the controversy doesn't stop over there, Miles Xavier. We are fresh off of a UFC 260 win, heavy championship bout. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. The big black dude with all the muscles ended up winning the fight. It'd be like that sometimes. And you know what? Sometimes I'd be glad it'd be like that sometimes. Because I feel like you know, black dude or not, I feel like the last few folks I've been rooting for as far as UFC have been going through it a little bit. We saw Adesanya take his first loss. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. A few months back, you know how big a Ferguson fan I was. So it was good to see Nganu come in. We share a name. My namesake, Francis Nganu. You know what I mean? So that's what's up, man. I was glad to see him win. We'll get more into that, too. As do, you recommended think Francis in, you. do you think Francis and Nganu is getting the same memes that you were getting sent? Definitely not. Absolutely. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, cool. I would love to be <laughs> getting a lot of the correspondent Francis Ngannou probably is getting after a, a spectacular UFC win. We could Indeed. trade phones. I'd be cool with that. <laughs> Indeed, man. Well, starting us off on to stumble upon um, Miles Xavier, the sh a show of ours, a show of ours that we're both very much um, fans of, which is a Joe Budden podcast, has recently been going through what 
we could describe potentially as a tumultuous time. The two hosts of the show, Rory and Maul, have left the show seemingly and have not been in for the past couple of weeks. Not to make it sound like a news bulletin that we're reading. However, it is important to acknowledge that this is the biggest Black podcast that there is out there right now. It is exactly the Joe Bunn podcast. It is as much of a cultural phenomenon as it is a podcasting and business phenomenon. So it, it, it fits in, in describing it in a business-like manner because business is potentially at the the crux of what this separation might be exactly and where it comes into our conversation about friendship and businesses it's also a show that i think they've expressed to their audience but also is tangible to their audience that they're a deeply connected group of individuals you know what i mean maybe not day ones in the truest sense but people that care about each other and have true relationships and true friendships outside of the podcast uh, and I think that it's a great opportunity to discuss what it means to have friends in business, what it means to 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 try and navigate that and how things can get a little funny the more commas is involved. Yeah, yeah. I don't think even the 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 complications of friends in business starts when the money arrives, right? There's there's a lot of there's a lot of things to take into consideration before stepping into a relationship with friends, at least I'm I'm experiencing, right? And as I was saying and and alluding to earlier, we do business together. You know, we we both run a foundation that is geared towards um, digitizing disenfranchised communities, bringing in labs and computers, feeding people. There's, There's things that are happening that we're doing on an organizational structure um, so that constitutes as friend as business. And as you put it, this podcast is, is part of it too. But what, what allows this to work outside of obviously the, the luck that, that we have um, in being the friends that we're being in, in knowing each other for as long as we're knowing each other? Like what different contingencies do people even have to consider before going into being uh, into fr- business with their friends? Yeah, well, I think in our particular case, there's a lot of, uh, and I'm sure in a lot of people feel like there's an organic start to how we came to be in business together, right? We, we met at university in a space where we both managed to have a lot of fun, learn a lot about ourselves, but also there was this underlying foundation of work to be done, uh, achievements to you know reach, and, and accolades that we both individually wanted to achieve. And so... I think our relationship was built on a foundation of we're going to kick it and also we're going to be at the library posted up, you know, no lechuga burritos. We're going to give you all some game about that a little bit later. You know what I mean? Uh, at, at Ace's library at U of I. So I think um, luckily for us, sharing that work time, checking each other's work naturally involved both in the way that our careers gravitated toward service and in the way that our skills became more and more of service to each other as we, we continued to grow. Uh, and so I think that organic foundation has, has allowed it to, to grow into many opportunities, including Mandulo, including this podcast, and including just like everything from resume cleanup, I feel like, to uh, how to manage uh, both with hard skills and with mental health in a corporate environment. A lot of that we've leaned on and learned together. So I think it's been a it's been a growth of two parallel career trajectories, uh, 
intersecting in a way that seems almost inevitable at this point. And my point earlier about commas is that I feel like that friendship can allow you to uh, rely on an intrinsic dynamic so long that it doesn't really get funny and you can overlook certain things that you might not overlook with strictly business people until we talk about real money, people's livelihoods, people's reputations and yeah. uh, people's opportunities going forward. Yeah, I fully agree with that. And highlighting the, 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 I, I like how you highlight the organic nature of it, right? We never rushed to get into business with each other. You know, we've known each other for a very, very long time. Now, granted, we might have moved some things from point A to point B for a certain fee. <laughs> that, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't constitute, as a business, I'd say, but outside, outside, of, outside of this relationship, right, and outside of our professional and friendship relationship, people... I see the I see the, the the hesitation of getting into business with your friends, right? Because the lines that usually you'd be able to to draw when it comes to straight employees outside of just friends would be a more clearer line that you can draw. But then when you introduce friends, things such as discipline become something um, become something that's difficult to to impart. Uh, things such as uh, reprimanding. Um, uh, payments, uh, raises, decreases in raises, right? The familiarity that, that friends can have can sometimes even tilt the balance of power within the organization, given who gets preferences over things or who seem to get preferences over things. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things to take into consideration when, when people move into, into business together, when friends particularly move into business together. And then same thing with family, right? It's, I can, if I fire you from the job, am I still allowed at the kid, at the, at the Christmas dinner? Yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. And I think a lot of that, uh, you're, you're almost, and it's, and it's, and it's tough to put it this way, but you're almost like, uh, you're taking a chance on the trust of the relationship, right? The trust is the currency that makes all of that other stuff at least for a lot of us, subconsciously forgivable, right? The fact that this person may not move in the way that I might expect another coworker or another peer to move uh, if we strictly had a professional relationship, but my friendship or my uh, kinship, right? Us being family allows me to trust that person in a way that I wouldn't order, and, and, and sometimes I wouldn't ordinarily trust other people. And sometimes that, that, that trust is the very thing that, uh, allows that to, to greases the wheels of that business between friends and family, but also when it's broken in the context of business, it also gets broken in the context of friendship and family. And that's yeah. what's really hard, you know? Yeah, this thing it's hard to separate that. I can't, I want to, at the, at the dinner, to your point, I want to talk to you about why you fired me. That's what's on my mind, you know what I mean? And, then, and now that leaks into the space of, of, of family and everybody else who's at that, you know, hypothetical table. Yeah, and the the mindset that I go the the mindset that I've that I've started to adopt now in terms of the manner in which um, I carry business and the people that I choose to carry business with, uh, I'm fortunate to be in a position where I can make the decision of wanting to do something not based on what its financial value is going to be, but what its intrinsic value is going to be. What's its impact value? Is does it does it um, does it fuel my passion? Does it does it interest me? Is it something that uh, is it something that keeps me motivated to to learn and work more? Right. And in if, 
given that that is the mindset in which I choose the type of business to go into, uh, the people that I go that I I choose to go into business with as well are people that I believe you can go through the trenches with, right? People that because things are going to get tough. Like that is that is business. Things will get tough. It's, it's how how do you handle toughness around this thing that we're both passionate about? Can I rely on you when things are when 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 you know the the shit hits the fan um, for lack of a better term right when when things really get serious how do you react what are your instincts and if you if i can trust that with somebody then friendship or no friendship i you know that 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 that's what i that's what i'd go for that's a really important thing to point out right and i think that somebody being a, a close friend or family may have meant that you've never argued with that person before. And in other cases, it can mean that you have been through the trenches with that person before. So if you're, if you're going into business and you think about that relationship and it seems like that relationship has always been good and it hasn't really ever been tested, it might not be ready to be inserted into business. But if you've been through some things with this person, if, you, if y'all have both, and they ain't been looking so good and, yo, and you liked how that person was able to move in that scenario and, and carry forward, uh that that that's hugely important right on a smaller scale that's why they say it's important to travel with your partner that translates from yeah. business to all types of relationships right go through some with somebody before you really know if you're if you're uh before you assign them a position in your life whether that's emotional or professional where you're depending on them and you have to and it and it's all trust and you and you're and that's what it is what is it about traveling with somebody, especially in relationships, that seems to test test the strength of the relationship so much? What is it about the act of traveling? I think you get to know somebody and you start to learn to how to operate somebody within the context of wherever you're at, right? Like, if I meet you and you live down the street from me, then we start to build a relationship, not only between my place and your place, but the local stores where we grocery shop, where we go see movies, where we get food, your favorite restaurant. When we go somewhere else, it's a new environment. I'm finding out new things that you like, new things that you don't like, things that I've, we've never had a chance to try that I want to and you don't, right? And then on top of that, people ain't, the travel industry ain't too great. You know what I mean? So you stuck in the airport, you stuck at the train station, you, somebody forgot their passport. Now somebody feels like that somebody is irresponsible when that person is just kind hearted and really just wanted us to have fun on the trip. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's sound, just, these examples are getting mighty specific. I must say, is there something you want to get I, off your chest, brother? Not at all. Not at all. I'm, I'm, I'm just playing, but you know what I mean though? That, that's, that's wise. Cause travel will put you through some stuff inevitably. And uh, you're going to have, you're going to see how that person deals not only with you at their worst and themselves at their worst, but circumstances outside of your control at their worst. Another question, right? And this might be, and, and this, and we're going off of, off scripts there a little bit, but bear with me, right? When you are traveling, how do you split the bill? Are you the sole custodian of all funds, right? Or what is your approach to traveling? With, with, the, with the companion, that is. You're going to get me in trouble. But the answer to that is that it depends on the companion. It depends on the companion's financial capacity. It depends on how much I want to demonstrate to this person that I'm, that I'm taking care of you and I'm taking care of everything. Um, you know what I mean? So if I go on a trip and 
And for some reason, I won't let you use your card. I'm trying to tell you that I, I, I got you. You know what I mean? Even if financial shouldn't be the basis of our relationship or connection at all. But if I want to split the split the bill with you, that doesn't mean that I don't like you. It just means that we're at a point of this relationship. Or maybe it's just that you also have the means, right? So it depends on person to person. I agree. I agree. Um, personally, my my approach to all of it is is equality. Like I'm such a big supporter of equality because at the same time where definitely the act of a man covering bills and doing all of that is 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 symbolic and definitely touches on the many instinctual uh, instinctual uh, love languages. You you know shows the ability to be to support. It shows the ability to 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 bring food like the act of providing food and bringing it on the table you know that's an act as 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 old as as time really so there's i understand the value of that but let's not get lost in the sense that i'm a dude who appreciates somebody like spoiling them as well and some men splitting the bill and it, it the idea of fairness in a relationship is something that that um is is important to me and I, that might make me a brokey on these streets, as they as they call as they call fair men. Yeah, you might be a brokey on these streets, Damn. but I also think it depends, right? Like, I also think it depends, like whose whose uh, idea was this trip? Who really is the person I want to go? If both of us equally want to go, then let's kind of be as equal as we can be about splitting it. If this is something that I really wanted to do and surprised you with then that's probably a little bit more on me, right? You know, I'm not gonna expect you to come up out of pocket. If this is, so yeah, it just kinda, it depends. It's scenario to scenario. I don't think the idea of fairness makes you a brokey, but I'm in the minority, so you are. Oh, cause, cause you're not a brokey, you're... Oh no, I'm, 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 I'm definitely, I'm definitely a brokey. I'm, um, I'm, I'm who you run to when you get tired of all the flash and the, and the bright lights and the, you know, when you, when you hiding out for a little bit, you like, that was all just too much. I just want something simple. Yeah. That's me. I'm brokey. I'm broke on the couch, but I'm, I embrace it. I see that. I see that. It's um, a trip that I had once done. What we said is we alternate meals, right? So anytime somebody wants to eat, or whenever we're like trying to go out together or whatever, every meal will alternate the meal, you know? So lunch, supper, dinner, whatever. That that to me was cool because you're taking each other out to an extent um, and you're both making equal contributions to the funds that are supposed to be there. That's and this cute. conversation is, uh, we're, 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 we're playing with fire now. <laughs> Listen. Listen. But I think that's amazing that you made a that that you kind of made a a pattern, right? Even and that works in all types of relationships. I remember a particular vacation that we went on where we let everything be decided by a coin, and that eliminated a lot of a lot of time wasting around decisions. So another one that I've done with uh, female partners, and I don't know what your experience has been, but I definitely am somebody who in my relationships has gets caught in the trap of like, you want to eat? Yeah, let's eat. Where you want to eat? I don't know. Where you want to eat? I don't know. Where you want to eat? Wanna watch a movie? I don't know. What you wanna watch? You you wanna watch? You wanna go to a movie? I don't know. So what I've come up with in in the past is like, all right, whoever decides, the other person pays. So now I you like just that. you just break I that like up that. like that. Boom. You know what I mean? So this you can try to find different ways to 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 break that up, especially when you recognize patterns that you slip into. Uh, and yeah, if you if that's a just talk talk communicate with your partner 
and don't wait for something bad to happen to communicate with your partner. Just say, just, just speak up sometimes. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just got to do that. It's going to be hard, but you got to do that, man. If you, if you, if you love them, if you need them. Yeah. Talk about traveling with a partner. That's, that's real uh, business and friendship going together right there. <laughs> that's... <laughs> Oh man, that's that's exciting. That's exciting. Now you know you know the second part of the show is where we get intellectual with it, as we like to say, and reach for mm. the mm. very tip the top, the tip top of current news. Tip-it. Yes, sir. What we got for the people today? I think I think this week the uh, the current news that we gotta address is. Uh, as we alluded to earlier, man. So one more time, one more again for our aspirational friend of the show, Stacey Abrams. Who's Stacey Abrams? So Stacey Abrams is a politician. She's a lawyer and she is the founder of Fair Fight, which is an organization based around voting rights, helping people vote, uh, helping people to overcome the obstacles that are put in place, especially for people of color uh, to be able to contribute to the political process in a way that benefits them. So, um, one time for Stacey Abrams. Because she a boss. Now, what she was able to do over years and years of work was to flip Georgia uh, to Democrat. And she was able to achieve this as of 2020, but years of work went into that, just getting people to vote, right? And so, what is happening now is that Republicans are trying to introduce legislation to make it more difficult for people to vote. Um, So it seems, and it would be hard, unless you were trying hard, not to see this as a response to Black people voting. Uh, The argument is that the that this this is to pre- this is to prevent voter fraud, uh, yet there was no evidence of of voter fraud, widespread voter fraud, uh, for the twenty twenty election. So, what are you reacting to other than black people voting? I think is the question in the in the air. A lot of people are calling this a resurrection of Jim Crow. A lot of people are calling this blatant racism. Um, I kind of see it that way. What's your take? Well, uh, going straight from from Forbes, right? Um, I, I see here reading this straight off of Forbes magazine. They're saying three. Wait, 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 You're, wait, wait. What are you? What? What are you about to do? I'm about to read off of Forbes. Oh, okay. Yo, nigga, your brother told us how you be all into reading this shit. Hey, that's some real good shit, my nigga, for real. Congratulations, nigga. Get him, champ. You know, it's actually sadder because I don't actually have my glasses anymore. I generally feel like I, I have lost uh, a lot of intellectual points for just not having the, the, the correct accoutrements for it. Why doesn't Sway have his glasses? Will he be able to see again? Find out on the Patreon. I feel like we should start promising people Patreon content before we have a Patreon just so that they're extra ready when we have mm. a Patreon. So mm. we're going to get that to you. That's called forward marketing. <laughs> White people got to wear it for everything. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if that's true or not. I just made that up, but it sounds right. Uh, that's fire. That's fire. We got an air horn for that. 
forward marketing. All right, but what's happening with uh, Georgia, according to Left Forbes? So, title, Stacey Abrams founded group sues over voter suppression bill. Three voting rights groups have sued the state of Georgia, Georgia, claiming sweeping new voting restrictions signed into law Thursday, including limiting ballot drop boxes and shortening voting hours, violate the Voting Rights Act. As Republicans in the state face backlash for passing for passing a bill many considered a voter suppression act. The new okay, the key facts starting with the new Georgia project, which was founded by activists in 2018, governor national candidate. Stacey Abrams, along with the Black Voters Matter Fund and Rise Inc., filed a lawsuit against state election officials Thursday evening U.S. District Court in Atlanta. The suit seeks injustice action to block new election restrictions outlined in Senate Bill 202. The voter suppression bill, as plaintiffs label it, which was signed into law by Republican uh, Brian Kemp Thursday after quickly passing the state House and Senate in votes along party lines. Okay, so here are some of the things that. So, what does that say? So, I just want to go over my some bad, of the my things bad. that the bill will doing. actually do. Yeah, sorry about that. The bill outlines numerous new constraints when it comes to voting in a state, such as limiting the amount of ballot drop boxes, shortening the early voting period, and pro- prohibiting non poll workers from giving food or water to voters waiting in line. The lawsuit alleges the bill violates making it harder for Black Georgians to access ballots while also claiming it violates the First and Fourteenth Amendments. That was a lot. That was a lot to read. Um, but the reason why I wanted to go over all of those things is because some of the terms that are tossed around in common media when it comes to when it comes to politics, especially that as prolific as the United States um, governmental makeup and how convoluted that that can be at, at, at a time things such as voter suppression you could think you know what that means but it's important to break down what that means and then getting into how this bill particularly uh how it particularly is not in favor of people of color uh, that's why you know i'm glad the article highlighted exactly the ways that um black people would be disadvantaged by it but voter suppression right starting starting right there from somebody from an American and and uh, someone who's in the political system to an extent, what does what does that mean? I think voter suppression is is any act that intentionally decreases the number of people that have the opportunity to participate in the political process, right? And often that's done to the great detriment of Black folks. I think. Voter suppression is often done when people don't feel like their participation in the political system by fair means will achieve the desired results and perpetuate the status quo. And I think we have Republican lawmakers demonstrating that by intervening on the voting process with very little evidence that a voter fraud in the recent election. What, what we do have evidence of was a massive mobilization of Black people to vote. And it feels like that's what they're responding to. So when we talk about the limiting of ballot drop boxes, when we talk about shortening early voting periods, and when we're talking about not allowing people to give out food and water at polling places, it very clearly sounds to me like intentionally 
disparaging people from participating in the political process and exercising their rights. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of the times we forget something such as limiting the polling, limiting the number of voting boxes that are actually there. It could sound like something that is distributed equally amongst many different places, but then you start to take into account, okay, how many different polling stations, uh, the ease of accessibility for polling stations in disenfranchised communities and in communities that are affluent. So, you know, how, how easy is it for people to be able to get to those places? And also the decision process of which particular um, voting stations are the ones that have their ballots reduced. There's a whole other system behind it that would make these decisions that at times has shown itself not to be of support to the people as well. You know, there's been many times where we look to the system to, to, to guide us regarding what is a moral standpoint to take. And many times that system has failed us. So even something that says, that's something that might seem that it can be distributed in a ubiquitous manner, such as like limiting voting stations and whatnot, it, it, it actually then allows the system again to be able to make decisions on behalf of the people when the people is trying to get that particular system out of the way. So it's, it's, it, it's, it's very interesting the wording that is used. It's very interesting the strategy that is used, limiting food, food and water, right? Usually the lines for um, the lines in disenfranchised communities can be twice as long as the lines that are not in disenfranchised communities. And so when you look at that, the incentive to be there and to get water and to get food, that keeps people being able to get there. Now, when you take that away, not only are you disincentivizing people to go to the polling stations, but then you're subjecting them to wait in these super long lines again with no incentive to vote. When the whole point is to be able to get as many people to vote as possible so that we are truly at the senses of the community. Man, the way you the way you speak of what it what it entails to have a lot of people gathered in one place to to either participate in the political process or maybe get a resource. I can tell that that part of that pantry experience is leaking out when you have people in line and for, for something that they need. You know what I mean? I I can hear that right. People who have limited access to childcare, who have limited access to transportation, right? They they. They need every possible amenity that we can provide to even even make this potentially work, right? To be able to participate, people are are operating a lot more hand to mouth than I think a lot of people think when they hear these types of stipulations that might not inhibit them from voting. So I appreciate the way that that you called that out. And if I can if I can maybe give the people a little background that might be some experience that you're speaking Please into do. that microphone, man. So I appreciate you. Anything else we need to we need to cover on this topic of, of current news or I mean it's a lot. We there's a lot of places we could go. What you think? Yeah, there's a there's a lot of places that we can go that we can go with it. I think what I think what we try and focus on most on this podcast is always to leave people with the optimism of what the future can look like and and the different avenues in which we can go to express our frustrations, the different ways that we can protest. So just off the back, you know, your, your dollar is king. That's, you know, your dollar is your first vote. Your, your wallet is your first vote. So the decisions that you make on a financial standpoint always, you know, they always have the power to be able to tip the scales of whatever, whatever power structure is there, a la GameStop, again. Um, and then secondly from that is uh, act activism. 
activism. The, 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 more, the more that people are acting on trying to find solutions, the more that people are supporting, raising awareness, um, donating, uh, spreading information, all, all of these different things lead towards, it's, it's a snowball effect of things. Changing systems is like that and needs as many people rolling that snowball together. The more people that can add snow to that ball, the bigger it is. And so, you know, people, let's, it's, it's time to get active. It's, it's all it is, get active. That's right, that's right. Talk actionably amongst yourself and call spades spades, spread awareness, spread the word. And, and, and on top of that, in times like these with so much hate, because all this is is fueled by hate, fueled by fear, fear of losing power, fear of not being the dominant group, spade a spade, it's white supremacy. That's what it is. We've seen it rear its, air, its ugly head in a variety of different ways. Let's talk about it, let's conversate, let's find spaces to spread the word and also to spread love and healing. So that's the only way that you overcome fear and hate is with healing. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. you, brother. Likewise, likewise. And, and, you know, just going off of that point just a little bit is that I hope from COVID what we get is a bunch of people who want to travel and, and explore and see the world that being confined in a space, you know, makes us react in a way where we're the most traveling generation or whatever the case is, all for the purpose of people being exposed to the different realities that exist outside of their own comfort zones and outside of their own communities. Because once you're able to see how people are actually living and you actually see the, 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 the different struggles that people are having and the different things that people have to overcome, one, you're filled with gratitude about the situation that you're in more than not. And then also a lot of it gives you energy in order to, to try and do something about it, you know? Big facts, big facts. Perspective is the, is the number one superpower. And in the same way that distance breeds contempt, proximity breeds understanding. So I hope people are allowed and able to put themselves into proximity with all types of different beautiful things, all types of different beautiful cultures, all types of different beautiful people to gain that understanding. Damn, Miles Xavier, Miles Xavier, UFC 260, recommended and review, and new. And new Francis and Donovan Stipe, main card. Woo. Yeah, whenever your leg, whenever your leg bends and it's like your foot is tucked under your butt and you fall like that, you ain't mean to do that. Somebody put you there. All right. Yeah, yeah. Stipe got put there by my man Francis and Ganu. It's a. Uh, it's always amazing to see such a such a when when you have when you get to the upper weight classes when you have these big dudes that are active active hands active feet movement head movement uh, and also look like they have the gas tank to go a full five round championship fight. It's a. Uh, it's just incredible, man. It's 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 in in the most truest but also most cliche sense. It's gladiators of the modern age, and Francis Ngannou is a is a true. Uh, bad man in the octagon, man, for real. For sure, for sure. These are big dudes. This is the heavyweight division. You know, both of them coming in at 6'4", 284 pounds. These are, these are big dudes. But as you said, the story of Francis Ngannou is, is so gladiator-esque, you know, working in salt mines when he was a, a child and then in sand mines as, as a child and then having to uh, jump into a, a rickety boat numerous times to try and, and make it into into France and then you know it's a it's a beautiful story and in fighting we always love when 
the the champion is the deserving champion but also my goodness those bombs that he threw wow yeah man it was it was it was amazing and tough to watch because there was the tension is real when you see somebody who's clearly throwing the type of punches that don't leave you feeling the same if they connect there's a there's there's something uh incredibly fierce about watching that and it's something I mean, as we always do, we always got to big up the the man on the other side of that, Stipe, mm -hmm. to to be in there in that ring, to be facing up to that, to try and stand and trade with them. That takes a that takes a brave man. So it was incredible, man. I think the UFC just continues to to up the ante in entertainment and and continues to make stars out of the people that are uh, rising through the ranks. Talking about rising stars, Sean O'Malley defeats Thomas Al Almeida. Almeida. That was a that was a beautiful fight that from. From uh, young Sugar Sean, there was a period in the, there was a moment there where you know it seemed like it was just a hype train. But seeing how he was fighting then, so so technical, you know, looking like a, a young Izzy in 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 his fakes and his in his unorthodox stance and in his creative shots was was quite exciting to see. And then his confidence, man, the definite just the just the way that he was walking down on me. Right? There was very little fighting backwards from from O'Malley. He just he just came with uh, the confidence, the heat. He definitely had the reach advantage and, and used it. Uh, that jab was working for him. He was he was leading by points long before he uh, he put the exclamation point on the match. He's 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 proven that he was serious and proven that he's beyond that hype to your point. Uh, yeah. And I think uh, you'd have a hard time saying that he's all he's all antics now. Yeah, yeah, regardless of what the hair color is, that boy is a bad man. Mm -hmm. That boy's mm -hmm. a bad man. And then uh, the Vincente Tyron Woodley fight, um, a, a battle, a battle between two, between two, uh, two people that seem to have gotten much better from both of their last fights. You watched that fight start to finish, right? Yes, the whole thing. So you saw how Woodley charged in that ring, man. If from that, I was like, oh, this boy is serious. Yeah. Uh, and even what, a few months, he had him up against the cage, and he was doing some – he was do, putting in some real work. But unlike uh, the Francis Ngannou fight, I don't think that that amount of energy was sustainable for Woodley. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you tried to get back – I'm not sure where he goes from – where he goes from here. I was rooting for him. But uh, that's a tough loss. Uh <laughs> You know, Woodley looked good at the beginning of the fight. Wasn't able to carry the gas tank. Yeah. Tough loss. Yeah, but then right off of the battle of where the division goes, not not uh, particularly the Woodley division, but the heavyweight division, is that Francis Ngannou now gets to fight John Jones. That seems to be the fight to make. And you want to talk about mega fights. I think this might be the biggest fight in UFC history if they make this happen. Yeah, UFC is certainly at that place where uh, it, it's generating biggest fight after biggest fight, and, and I don't think you're wrong in that. I think uh, John Jones certainly has a uh, – I think he, he's got enough controversy to, to make any fight that, that has his name on the bill. Uh, people are going to want to see him win, and certainly people are going to want to see him lose. Mm -hmm. uh, technically, I think John Jones is one of the best we've seen in, in the UFC, I think, Ngannou's going to have his hands full, but I, I, I love to see it, and I and I hope that uh, the confidence of, of Ngannou only increases from this fight. Granted, that one. 
Indeed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, it's uh it's always a pleasure to see the UFC uh increase the the different just even seeing how MMA is evolving in front of our eyes, the different tools that these guys are using and bring to the ring. It's such an exciting dynamic sport. Um, and we will continue to keep reviewing the big money ticket fights until somebody pays us for it. True. We're our bag, Dana. We see you. You know why? Listen. Why what? It's because we know. Oh, we know. We know that Snowfall Season 4 has been a twist and turn the roller goes over a ride. But also, we know. We know. We're going to hold that. Join us on Patreon. We don't think we gonna gave y'all enough. So we're going to let y'all go. Let y'all go about your day. Because we know that you know that we know. That y'all got a million choices when it comes to listening to a podcast, man. And here you are, especially if you're hearing this, you are at the end. You know what I mean? You, 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 you done rode the whole thing with us. Yeah, man, for sure, man, for sure. Everybody done rock with us this far. You know, we appreciate you. We love you. And we and we and we, and we got a little a little something to send you off on your good day, man. A little energy. Hold on. I'm headed air horn for him. It's a live nation, the best audience in the world, man. We love the fan. Listen. This is a celebration of life. This is a celebration of love. This is a celebration of being black. Don't it feel good to be black, Zway? My favorite thing in the world, baby. Hope you enjoyed yourself. Hope you enjoyed us. We love y'all. Peace. Water. Eat something delicious. Hug somebody you love. We gone. Nice.